to the Heat versus the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel Jacob. What's up, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. That's right, we're back with another episode after what feels like forever. And with me always, I got some guests. First, we got Miami Flash PE. Say what's up to the people, Flash. What's up, everybody? We're finally back. Uh, follow me at Miami Clutch PE on Twitter for my random heat nonsense. Follow me, I'll follow you right back. And then after that, we got not the real Jimmy Butler, but still someone fun to have on the pod, Mr. Jimmy Bucket. Say what's up to the people, Jimmy. Hola, amigos and amigas. I'll just keep it proper today. This is James G. Buckets here. You can follow me on Twitter, Jimmy Buckets with four Zs, and I will follow you right back. And then we got a best-selling Reddit author, none other than Brian. Um, Brian is the king. Say what's up, Brian. Yo, I wish I was best-selling in anything. That'd be cool. Uh <laughs> Yeah, y'all can follow me on Twitter at Brian is the King. You can follow my horror stories, BrianY97 on Reddit, or just Google I investigate disturbing cases because that's the series I'm working on right now. Uh yeah. And then following him, we got our female correspondent, Miss Angelina Martel. Say what's up to the people, Ange. What's going on, guys? Glad to be back. It's Angelina Martel. You can follow me on Twitter at Angie Martel with two E's for our latest Miami Heat updates and potentially an Angie moment. You never know. I'm very unpredictable with those moments but you know it's always a good laugh (laughs) (laughs) and then last but not least y'all got your host as always i'm joel jacob and you can find me on twitter at joel k jacob underscore so without further ado let's get started with today's episode so to those who missed it miami's most recent game against dallas wasn't really a fun one it ended with a Heat legend's son dropping 10 threes on us and so much more. Um, honestly, I don't really feel the need of wanting to talk about this, but who, who wants to start off this convo? Oh, I'd love to go off on these kind of things. Well, <laughs> the ghost of Tim Hardaway just inhabited his son. That's what happened yesterday. The ghost of the Heat legend just said, nah, not against this team. Dude, he went off for 10 three-pointers and scored 36 points. Like, at first I thought it was gonna be Luca that was gonna be smoking us, which he did for for a nice period of time in the second quarter where he just kept shooting rainbow threes like he was Dirk in his prime and everything was just going in. So I thought it really was gonna be Luca that was gonna be our downfall. But if it was only Luca, I think we would have been fine. But Jesus Christ, him Hardaway Jr. This dude, can flat out just shoot the ball. And I promise you, next game, whoever the match playing next, he's going to have, like, two points because that's just our luck. But he talking about the Heat, I want to – we played so uninspired. Like, we hit a huge punch to the Mavs early on. We took, like, an 11-12 point lead. Everything seemed to be going smooth, but just when – when the Mavs started punching back, it's like the Heat had no interest in keep, keep to keep the fight going. 
they just laid down the 50-50 balls. They won everything. Bam. I mean, I'm tired of this Bam discussion. Yeah, he needs he needs to be aggressive, whatever. But that's just we knew something like this could be could happen without Jimmy because frankly, Jimmy is the Miami Heat. Like he is the entire team because when he's not in the building, this team has no soul, no fight in them. And it's just it's sad to see, but it's true. If Jimmy was there, if he was at least there in person, I think these people would have played harder. But th- these guys showed no heart. And I got, I'll give my credit to first quarter Ariza because he, he dropped 16 points and got us out to that lead. But after that, he only scored two. But I want to give him his credit. And Bam, you just wish he would have played one or two more minutes for that triple-double, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> All right, Jimmy Buckets, what about you? I just uh, – I think that our guard defense was really bad. That's probably going to be the first thing I would bring up. When Gabe Vincent's the best guard defender in your team, then you have a problem. He shot – I think they shot like 22 for 46. It was almost 50% from three. Uh, Hardaway torched us. We did decent on Luca. I mean, not not. I mean, he still had a triple double, but it was just a low twenty point triple double. So at least we, he didn't drop a Westbrook bomb on us. But we did good, kind of containing him at first. But it, it just really opened up the door for like Hardaway, Finney Smith, Jalen Brunson. They everybody was was splashing. Uh, they shot really well. We did not play any any perimeter defense on them whatsoever. Everyone looked lost. The switch, I mean, and granted, we're missing good players, but we've missed these players before and been in a situation before. So it's not it's not a new thing to these people. They know what the game plan is with the roster that they have that they can play. It's not like it's completely foreign to them. So I would have liked to see them just go back and learn the lessons of how they messed up before without players like Jimmy, Hero, et cetera, and just just do something. But, I mean, there's really not much you – there's just really, really not much you can do. You're losing two scoring options. You're losing one of your best defenders. You're losing – if Jimmy's not on the court, everybody does seem lost. You're losing your centerpiece. And without him, I, Kendrick Nunn, I don't know – I think Kendrick Nunn has some sort of stigma with him where unless Jimmy Butler is on the court with him, he just plays mediocre to to bad or mediocre to average or whatever. But I feel like if he can play with Jimmy, he thrives off of him. And I feel like that same thing that we can obviously see with Nuns, probably with the other players, either consciously, subconsciously, in some way. Uh, I do wish we could keep what we do in the first quarter every game going for more than one quarter also. And other than that, I'll, I'll pass it on to Brian or Angie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I came into this game thinking, you know, as soon as I saw Jimmy Butler was out, I kind of knew it was going to be a scheduled L. Uh, you know, I know that Tim Hardaway Jr. went off. and But, like, this team has struggled with shot-creating guards all season. Like, this isn't anything new. I mean, plus just the fact that Tim Hardaway Jr. is a legitimately good player. Like, if he was on our team, he'd probably be our best guard. So, it's whatever. Throwaway game. You know, you hope that they can bounce back. Uh, this team doesn't have the offense to really keep up with teams when they start to go on a run. I mean, the best that they can hope for is, you know, a flurry from Jimmy or Bam, you know, and maybe a contribution from some third guy. But that's never guaranteed with this team. Um, they don't really have the shot creators. They have the shooting in theory. 
but you know, outside of Duncan Robinson, you're kind of banking on someone else to get really, really hot, which doesn't always happen. So it's whatever, you know, move on to the next game and hope that they can get a win. And what about you? You know, while this was a more upsetting loss, I wasn't really surprised because, look, Trevor Ariza went three for three from the three-point line within two minutes, made Luka Doncic hit the cha-cha. But, but, you know, it's games like that where we go off in the first quarter and then the second quarter the team forgets how to, like, freaking play basketball. Tim Hardaway Jr. was freaking Jordan in his prime yesterday. And then he looked up at his dad's banner in the arena. He was like, you know what, Dad? I feel your presence in this arena. I'm a take your freaking spirit and just like drop a double double go 36 points freaking like you know it was just and also like jimmy said when Gabe vincent's the only person on the floor delivering somewhat good defense and offense you know that's a problem because especially like against a team like this i mean i get it they have luka Doncic, tim hardaway jr jj reddick people like that but even with those types of people and with the players you have on the court at the time you can still expect to perform somewhat better defense and put up some more like decent rebounds and stuff like that, score some decent points. And, you know, I feel like, again, with Jimmy being out, it was a big impact on our team. And I feel like if he was actually like at the game or at least in like playing the game, it would have had a better impact on our team. Maybe would have won, maybe would have like lost by less than we did. But like I said, we go off the first half and then towards the second half, either we get, too ahead of ourselves and we're like oh we're up by like 20 by the first half we got this similar to the chicago game we were up by 20 by halftime and then one by eight you know like we're we blow leads too often and it's either we get tired towards the end or we just get too ahead of ourselves and think oh we got this and then we start slipping and then we end up losing the lead either losing the game completely or winning the game by however many points Uh, compared to how much we were up by Angie, mm-hmm. I have something to touch on that with you. Do you think that that has to do with the player's mentality of being up that much or the coach's mentality of being up that much and how they uh, dictate the rest of the game? You know, I feel like it's a bit of both. You know, the player's thinking, oh, I've dropped however many points on this player or overall. And then it's a bit of Spo too, thinking, oh, this player's good. You know, we can put in a bench player, like maybe put in a Chu or Vincent or like maybe even Bielitsa if he ever sees the light of day on this team again. But um, I feel like it's a it's a half and half between both the players and Spo because it's up to the players to perform a certain way and meet a certain expectation. And it's up to Spo to make the right decision and make the right lineup during a certain time in the game. Like if it's towards the end and we're down by maybe like, I don't know, like say six points, you'd put Robinson in there and then get Bam in there to get some good rebounds. And then if Jimmy was in the game, you know, he'd get a couple layups, maybe draw a couple charges, you know, make some free throws. And then again, like towards the end, if we're up by six, you know, you want to get our defense in there. You throw in Iggy, you get Bam, you get Deadman, get a reason there, people like that. And so, it's really just um, – it's half and half, basically, to answer your question. Good point. I want to add something to the – to about talking about this game in particular. Yeah, we, we just – we gave the, the guards a bunch of, a bunch of trash for, for them just not being existent on, on defense. The, the wings were god-awful on offense. If you really look at it, outside of that first quarter from Ariza, he had two points the rest of the game. Uh, Iguodala played 22 minutes at zero points. Uh, Paula played 20 minutes, had two points. Like, 
Apologies for the work. wings has been awful. Okay, we gotta have some conversation about Apollo because he's not it. I'm sorry for the. You know, I used there. to be a KZ apologist, but now I think that's rubbing off on me a little bit. I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe Akpala doesn't deserve that much minutes anymore whoa, because whoa, of let, his let, empty let, minutes. Let's, let, let's chill on that. No, it's, <laughs> no, 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 Brian. He's, he's, he's missing he's basically wide open a rookie. Role. He's basically this, a rookie and didn't come out of college as a shooter. Like he, he was never going to be a forty percent shooter or whatever from three. That's never been his game. Yeah, and let him attack the rim. He doesn't even do that. Yeah, but he's not allowed to. If he does that, he's supposed to sit his ass on the bench. He's asking him. Spo's uh, asking him to sit to stand in the corner. No, Spo Spo's only asking him. Spo only puts him in is when he wants an athletic defensive wing person. He doesn't care about his offensive presence. He only throws him there when he wants to lock up on D. And it's like, don't do anything on offense. Probably just go in there and play some hard ass D. Make uh, open layup if you got it, and play smart on offense. Well, that too, that too. I mean, Casey, I mean, yeah, like Jimmy Buck said, Casey isn't out there for his offense. Like, if you watched him last game, I mean, he was at the top of that zone and guarding like two or three guys in every possession, full court press. Like, that is an impressive ass skill. I mean, like, objectively, obviously, he's not a finished product yet. He's in his second year and barely played in his first. So I feel like we can't give him too much shit because he's a developing raw prospect. But I feel like if we're expecting him to be like Robert Covington, already that's asking a little bit too much just enjoy the flashes we get on d and then he builds from there going forward okay okay i'll, I'll lay off on the father but when is enough enough with iguodala because he's just taking up space now his defense is still there but it's going downhill a little bit and his good his decent to good defense doesn't make up for his awful offensive output I we mean, just you need to kind of cut him some slack about that because he is 37 years old. You know, he's getting to that age where he's close to retiring, stuff like and that. And if you're 37, so you are a little the, rusty. If you're 37, you sit next to the bench next to UD. I mean, yeah, the way he's performing at 37 is something. You know, his defense, counting on him to make the occasional but, corner three. I, I so. say we rest him. I say we rest him into the playoffs. Like, yeah, honestly. he needs. He need, I'm sorry, but he needs to join UD into the playoffs. Because I don't need him out there right now because he's getting but it's just zero like, your other on offense. Like, I mean, the other, the only other option at the four really is like Bielitsa or KZ, who also doesn't really give you much offensively. And, you know, Iguodala is a smarter defender than KZ by far. So at least if you're going to have two guys out there whose main thing is just, you know, guard the opposing team's best wing player or guard occasionally and, you know, basically give us something on offense, you'd probably rather go Iggy. And if you're not playing either KZ or Iggy, then who, you know? Speaking of Belitza, is there a reason why Spo isn't giving him as much playing time as he used to? Because he's bad. I know, but if you... Because he's a a beast. He's a beast, Uh, Angie. He's a beast. He he waddles down the court. He waddles down the court. He's too much of a beast, okay? (laughs) Isn't that a beneficial thing? I'm I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving the belly fan train belly. anytime soon. I'm not leaving this train. So I'm saying he's too much of a beast to be out there. But isn't that Spo good is, for us? Shouldn't people Spo be scared of him, him if they know how much of a beast he is? Spo is saving him for the fine for the NBA finals. That's what's going on. I mean okay. in all fairness like <laughs> but if you're just sitting on the bench big. not getting any playing time, how are you gonna better yourself for the NBA finals? Think about it. He's not going to play during the finals. I mean, like, no, I mean, that's what Clutch is like. Oh, Spo saving what? him for the finals. If he doesn't play regular how season the, games, how the hell are we going to make it to the finals? 
You're getting a little about. ahead of yourself there, Clutch. Slow okay. down. Holy you gotta make first. Obviously, obviously, I'm exaggerating. He's being facetious. He's being facetious. I'm messing with you. Okay. If we want to go, if we want to get into the real like science of it, instead of yeah, Belly's not playing because he's bad. Belly's also just not playing because I mean, I can't even make an excuse. But no, because because of Deadman's emergence. Yeah. Because yeah. that is pretty if valid. Deadman, if Deadman had not signed with the Heat, let's say that Achua would have kept getting the minutes, and he could have he would have kept playing that crap. Because personally, I think Achua needs to be put on ice until he can join a summer league team and and do G League for like half a year. Agreed. So Belly, if Belly naturally would have taken those minutes at the five, as being a stretch big. So yep. that's what would have happened. But Deadman's emergence, Deadman has been amazing for the Heat. He's been amazing. the best backup center that he'd have had in years. So yep. can we talk that's about Deadman? Really the science behind it. Yeah, we can talk about Deadman Let's all talk day. About I love Deadman. that. Deadman does. He needs more minutes. Deadman needs more minutes, bro. He's I like averaging me. like 78% shooting on like 42 attempts or something. Last game, he only played 12 minutes, three for three, six rebounds. Three assists, one steal, no turnovers. Come on. The problem. The problem is that we're in a stage of the season where we can't experiment because yep. basically, when when Bam doesn't play, Deadman plays. But you can't really experiment them together with six games, and you're fighting for to not be in the plans. Wouldn't that be sick if we got Deadman before the season? I mean, he would no, I mean, he, he would I mean, but if he was healthy, if he let's just say he was healthy and we got him before the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's what I us. meant. So yeah, many of it, these games where they get out-rebounded and, you know, it, like, ah, I'm so mad. I'm so, Like, we replaced all the precious minutes with Deadman, and they have a good. much better record. You're complaining oh, yeah. about that? No, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think we're at the very least. I think we're at the very least a surefire four seed. At least if Deadman plays all season. I can see that. That's that's fair. Yeah. But we can't just rely on Deadman, you know. We can't no, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, no, I mean that's a hell of a lot better than Precious. Yeah, it's it's such like they're getting killed in the precious minutes. If you keep that even or maybe even win some of those, like you definitely have a better record. At least Deadman can make free throws. Like, I mean it, it's been it's been twice this year, at least twice, and there's probably more. That Deadman himself has helped spark a run with Bam and Jimmy on the bench. I mean, I mean, just for context, the the Heat are only a couple games behind. The, I guess two and a half games behind the Knicks. Like Deadman is worth more than two and a half games if he replaces Precious all year. They they absolutely get the four seed. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. And and speaking on the last game versus the Mavericks, that really it really didn't affect our standings, which is good. Uh, hopefully. We can learn from our mistake with the Timberwolves next game, whoop them up, and maybe get a split at Boston, and then I think we'll be just fine. The Hawks have, I think, Phoenix, and uh, they have Phoenix and somebody else decent coming up after Phoenix. I know that. I mean, doesn't Boston play Orlando? Like, well, I don't want to say today because this pod will be uploaded after today. So the next game, yeah, their next game. Yeah, their next game is versus Orlando. So won't that tie us with Boston? Yeah. No, we're ahead of Boston. We're ahead of Boston. We just we're, we're we're six Boston seven right now. We didn't move from the six even after losing last night. Have they? No, but she's saying if Boston no, saying wins, like, they take the six seed. 
Oh, no, I'm saying like yeah, we'll be tied look. for the look. six seed, won't we? But we'll be ahead because we have yeah, a better home record. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no. The Celtics have a tiebreaker on us. So, yeah, because we would yeah, have. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But we're ahead because we have something better than them. I think it's a home record. No, no, if they're tied, then Boston is. Yeah, yeah, Boston's a tiebreaker. Then they. If the if the Celtics beat the Magic, then they'll be tied with us, but they'll be ahead of us. But if the Magic beat the Celtics, then that will be the. That's not happening. Let's yeah, be honest. We take to need. We need to take a serious look at firing Brad Stevens if he loses to the Thunder and the Magic. I'm all for that. Like honestly, I, I mean, I, if I, they can, if they can snap OKC's 14 game losing streak, but I get it. Oh, they didn't have Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown dropped 39 points, and you're telling I, me you couldn't have won? Okay. Hey, hey, Wendell Carter Jr. is about to put 40 and 20 on him. Let's go, Magic. Come on. <laughs> I completely forgot. Anthony Cole's about to hit another game winner. We did Anthony this. We live, we live for these. Cole, I live for these Cole, it's Cole Anthony. Oh, Anthony, Anthony oh, baby. Same thing. <laughs> Anthony hey, Cole. We're going to be big Anthony Cole fans. His last name's his first name and vice versa. 20 right? minutes, 20 seconds. Remember this so I can come back and save the clip. Yeah, no. He's a killer. I hope he goes insane on him. He's a killer. No, I- Terrence Ross, bro, let's let him be the random scrub heat saver tonight. <laughs> random scrub Celtics killer. Yeah. Come on, T Ross. All for it. All for it. <laughs> Just pretend like you're playing the heat, Terrence. Oh, anyways, someone had brought up UD. When do you think UD is going to make his breakthrough game this season? I want to see UD drop 10 rebounds in like 10 minutes, like he's been saying. You'll probably play like the very last game. Yeah. Blows out the Pistons. He'll probably play a garbage time or whatever. You know what? Yeah, the Pistons. That should be a. He needs to play minutes. Gonna go crazy. He needs to play minutes for to qualify for a season to for for it to count as a season. I think. Yeah, 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 you're you're right. Yeah. So Spo's gonna play him. He's gonna play. But I would like to see him. I I would like to see him play like for a little bit of a run because I mean, he's still got it in him. He's still got something in him. I just want to see what happens. I think it would be awesome. You no, know you know what he has in him. He has six fouls in him. That's all we need. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's so Spo just needs to say when teams are like bodying us. Spo just needs to say, "Hey, you you got six fouls. Go out there." Yeah. Promote promote clutch to assistant coach right now. That's that's great. I feel like I'm if we were violence. to play a team and we're up by like thirty plus points, I feel like that'd be a good time to put him in. But then again, like the Pistons game, like Brian said, that'd be oh, yeah, that'd be that'd be the most that'd be the most reasonable game. Yeah, it's either the the Wolves or the Pistons because we're seeing the after that we're seeing the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Sixers. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I bet I bet we might see UD during that Sixers game. I feel like Spoh's gonna put him you on NB for a possession. Just to foul him. He's gonna be uh, MB's gonna be hot and then he's gonna be like, all right, UD, go and, <laughs> he's gonna know. be like, go, go put go put and be back in that phantom mask, UD. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyways, but yeah, moving forward, you know, y'all brought up this tough schedule for Miami moving forward. Um, one question I wanna ask is, you know, looking at these upcoming games, if you have to be real right now. What what do you think Miami's gonna finish the season as? Like what seed specifically? Do you think they finish as the seventh seed? Do they finish right now as the sixth seed? Or do they finish as what we'd want them to be, the four or five seed? Like what's your honest opinion of where the seed team will go come the season ending? 
Honestly, I don't with, care where we end up as long as we don't end up in the playing tournament. The That's all I have so to scary. say. I know it's very intimidating, but because you know what's you know what's scary about it, you can get like blown out by like the Hornets or the Wizards, you know, like that type of thing. So it's a scary. You never know how it's gonna go with those teams because oh, it's no. always the teams you expect to beat that you lose to, and vice versa. We so, we know for a fact that in that play-in, like whatever scrubs have killed the Heat all season are gonna go for forty or fifty. Bro, can yeah. you imagine when we see the Hornets in the play-in? Yeah, bro, no, Malik yeah, Monk's gonna Mark. drop fifty. Lamella Ball's gonna have another triple double, bro. Yeah, it's gonna be bad. I they should do. They need to avoid that at all costs. Yeah, well, yeah we play anywhere the besides the seven seals. I really don't. Yeah, care. Uh, I, we 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 had an easy schedule in front of us, and we dropped so many easy games that we should have had. And now the end of the season is like hard. But yeah, you know what and it is. So it, maybe they maybe they'll maybe they'll rise to the occasion. You know what it is? Wherever we end up in the standings, it's going to be difficult because I feel like depending if we end up in like the fifth seed, you know, it's going to be a hard matchup. Versus... No, then we'll have the Knicks. That won't yeah, be no, I've, I'm so confident. That They've they been going the off Knicks. lately. They're like, they're <laughs> I, want just I, want the five, I want the five seed. Oh, we, we, the Knicks don't have any answer for it. No, no, no. If we end up in like the fourth seed, we won't end up in the fourth, I don't think. Angie, the Knicks haven't beat us this season, period. Yeah, I mean, plus Bam That's on Julius true. Randle for a whole se- for a whole series. Like, you no, know, the best be player is going to be, yeah. Out. And, yep. and we, we, we forget how Spo has already mopped the floor with Thibodeau once in the in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I... That's where the, the fifth seed, the four or five versus the Knicks is where they need to be. Yeah, you want uh, the four I five think, Yes. Yeah. I... Th- think they're probably going to end up see it's weird though because like from four down it's all separated by like a game or two so who knows it's it's going to be <laughs> like random seating i feel like uh i feel like they're probably going to end up being six which i don't like because the bucks are really really good and, and i know i know that they beat them last year but that. drew holiday is a damn good player and they Giannis actually have good. shooting yeah yeah Giannis is also pretty damn good um but like I said, that four or five is where they absolutely need to aim for. Otherwise, it's going to be a short. Uh, the ideal short situation is Miami being a four or five seed, having the matchup with the Knicks or the Hawks. I don't know, and then the one seed being Philadelphia. That would be the key. Yep. 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 I mean, whoever is eighth seed is most likely going against Philly. Maybe Brooklyn makes a comeback. You know, both are scary teams. Uh, Seven seed, same thing. Right, but I'm it's, saying it's you, you want to see, Phil- you wanna see Philadelphia. You want to see Philadelphia in the second round before you see Brooklyn. Yep. Yeah. Both teams are scary. So if you're an eighth or seventh seed, I'm praying for you. Yeah, well, I'm not scared hey, so, of Philly. So, so what happens? I got a question because, I mean, I'm looking at this right now. I'm looking at the Eastern Conference standings. I'm trying to do the all the uh, – the uh the, the calculated the, the hangover like a- a- Allen in the hangover. I'm trying to do all those numbers in my head right now. What happens if we do end up the six seed? Have to play the say the Bucks stay the three. We played the Bucks in the first round, beat the Bucks. What would our second round matchup be? I don't have a bracket in front of me or anything. It would be the two uh, seven winner. Yeah, it would be the Whoever. oh that would be Nets. Yeah. Oh shit! Shoot. Um. Yeah. So we would definitely want a four five. Yep, yeah. there's no way they'd be the Bucks and the Nets back-to-back. No, being no a way. Hey, man, they can have a repeat of last season. The Bucks went... That's not the same, man. That's not the same animal. It's, it's not no, the same Bucks. 
Yeah. No, I'm saying like they could, the Brooklyn can have what Milwaukee had last season. You know, they it, went, un, they went first seed overall, like the entire league, and then they almost get they, swept they, by they, us. They, they, the they are, they are injury prone. They're only an Achilles away from losing one of their best three players in the league. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I'm just saying they lose one, they still got they they lose one, they still have Bammy and Jim. You know, you know Bammy. Bammy. No, I know. I know. I switched that backwards. Bammy, Bammy and Jim. And Jim. Jim and Bammy. Uh, but no, that they're uh, they're they're still good. No matter if any, no matter what happens to the Nets, they're still dangerous. It's like um, uh, James Harden is out now. We just got to deal with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I mean, if you think yeah, about it, no, Milwaukee's been performing really good against Brooklyn, considering they don't have Harden, but they have Durant. Yeah, they also and have Irving. one of the best three defenders in the league too. Very yeah. true. Yeah. So we- um. You kind of you just want you want to avoid Brooklyn until the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not going to think ahead because to make the Eastern Conference Finals is still going to be a, a trip. But like yeah. I, I'm try, I'm gonna try to get this out there. I'm not scared of Philadelphia. I'm really not. Me neither. I think Miami matches up well, except maybe Embiid will probably win the matchups to be honest. But Ben Simmons is not gonna have a good series. He's I can't wait to see to Bam just closer. freaking guard the crap out of Ben Simmons, bro. That'll be like the biggest. I feel like if Bam puts up like if Ben Simmons doesn't put up good stats while guarded by Bam, that's automatically Bam's like breakthrough moment for defensive player of the year. Because see, if huh? No, I was gonna no, say uh, yeah. Seth Curry though. Seth Curry's gonna go off on this team. But if they put Bam on Ben Simmons, who the hell are they gonna put on Embiid? Yeah, it's going to be Bam yeah. on Embiid and probably. It's going to be Jimmy it's going to be Ariza. It's going to be Jimmy or Ariza on Ben Simmons and. Bam I can see. Embiid. I can see the 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 way Miami switches. Bam is going to end up on most possessions on somebody like Tobias Harris or Ben Simmons, and then you're going to have Jimmy on Embiid at some points just because okay. of how oh, that's, switching that's works. Fine. Oh well, actually, actually, actually this, yeah, I don't. Jimmy's a tough fine. guy. He knows how to handle Embiid. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. But yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't like that switching. I because I, I don't. They've either. been doing that all season and. I feel like Embiid on anybody in the post is going to be barbecue chicken damn near every time. It's going to be it's going to be like Embiid on Duncan Robinson for a lot of the game. I feel like they're going to they're going to find a lot of those mismatches. Tobias Harris specifically is going to definitely hunt that Duncan Robinson mismatch and go to work. You're right. That's terrifying. That 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 is a flaw in our in our system. Yeah, what you just said. That's a major flaw in in our defensive switching scheme, is what you just said. When Duncan gets switched on the bigs, because that that's what they're targeting. They're it's just like chess. They're targeting that. They're making the moves to make that happen. Exactly. Like I I, I don't know if Bam doesn't switch, then cool. But they've been doing that all season. Spoiler, spoiler, adjusting the playoffs. That's I'll give them. Also, that, don't but. don't forget that don't forget that uh, historically, Spo goes zone against Philly. We have yeah. not done well zone lately, and we have not played zone well, well, well lately, which I don't understand. I know it has we, a lot to do with the injuries we that we have a, out in our we second We haven't had unit. a healthy team. We haven't had a full zone. team. I, I know. That's what I'm just saying. Yeah, that's the exact transition I was getting ready to get into, is we haven't had a full team all season. So we haven't been able to maybe even practice with it or, or implement it in games with the team that we would want to be in the final, like in the like our fourth quarter, like our closing team. Like, we haven't really had that opportunity much this year because of, of COVID and and, uh, and injuries. But the problem is that Philly also has the shooting to bust his own. Like I said, like yeah. I like this is gonna like this is absolutely gonna be a Seth Curry series. Um, he's gonna he's gonna destroy whoever's guarding him. I think even I don't know what Danny Green is shooting. Danny Green here, yeah, he's I decent. Mean, yeah, I mean it, like, it's just they got Thobble, they got Thobble, Curry, Green. 
Yeah, um, exactly. Like th- that that team just provides a lot of problems for the Heat. It, this isn't the same team as last year. Okay, and Green is shooting forty percent from three. And they're good. And, and you can't forget how good Philly is on defense either. No, that too. That too. And this, we already know that the Heat are not a good offensive team. So, like, it's not a matchup that I think would favor the Heat. The key for the Heat for the, in that matchup would be just create turnovers. That's the only way I could see them actually making a run at the Sixers. I'm still not really scared, but creating turnovers would be the key for Miami. I, I don't think they can match up offensively. I, I think it would be a defensive battle. I, I think both offenses would struggle, honestly. I think that we would give them problems. They would give us problems. They, I see them giving us a little bit more problems, but I don't know. You never know. You never know. If we're fully healthy and you don't know. Spo, Spo is notorious for not running schemes in the regular season and waiting until the playoffs. So we don't know what he has in store or what he can unleash on either side yeah, of the Spoh ball. Yeah, Spo can be a completely different coach when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, so yeah. that is that's my only hope. That and Jimmy saying, get me to the playoffs, I'll do the rest which I fully believe in. Jimmy's not going to let go of a Sixer series that easily to either. Hell no. no it's going to be a hard-fought series. That would be a big slap in the face for him. Like, it I would be a huge the, slap in the face. Yeah, like the Sixers aren't going to sweep the heat or anything, but I think if I had, if I was going to bet on a team and I really wanted to keep my money, I'd probably bet on the Sixers just because, I mean, they, they, they're one of the best teams in the league, obviously. Like, you know, it's not like it's a team from the scrubs or anything. So. I'll take I'll take the heat money line in that series. <laughs> Probably That's get fair. me like plus two fifty. Throw That's a couple hundred, throw yeah. a couple hundred on it. <laughs> but but going into it expecting the worst. <laughs> but yeah. you never know. You know, you don't know. You, you just bet that money not expecting to get it back. Yeah, yeah. That's the beauty of the money line. If you bet it, you can, and you bet on the dog, you, you can get you some odds and Make you a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. The Sixers are good. Uh, I, I would rather have the Sixers than the Nets in the in, in the in the second round, though. Oh yeah. Also absolutely. depends. Also depends what Oladipo we're going to see out there if and when he comes back. Forgot about well, that one. We can transition factor. into that. We can transition into that because I know Joel wanted to talk about that as uh, Oladipo's return and timetable and what you guys think of what his timetable would be returned this season if he's going to be back in the regular season playoffs or because i mean what do you guys think on that because i know it's up to him i believe from what i've understood i mean he's definitely there i've seen him on the sidelines at some of the games so he's definitely with the team but considering we have like six games left i'm pretty sure it's ultimately up to him like you said unless that's mainly Spo's decision but i feel like it's ultimately up to depot but I'd love to see him return within these um, these few couple games that we have left. But there might be a slim chance that he might not join us back until playoffs. So I think I we're going to know That's- this because we're going to Boston for two games, and we're going to know if he's going to he's on his way to coming back because we're going to see if he's going to travel with the team or not. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Ultimate inside reporting there, Clutch, my man, <laughs> my man. <laughs> My man, no, that's 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 a very logical point. Very, yeah. very, very logical point. And then, uh, one thing I want to say though about Oladipo is like, and one, and it's kind of like a question: How much do you? Because and this might be a dumb question, but I want to bring this up because I feel like people kind of forget how much of an impact he'll really make for a team. So, assuming he comes back eventually. 
you know, how much of an like how much do you think he will move the needle for this Heat team come playoff time? This might seem like a dumb question, but like I said, if he comes back in his if he comes back in his Lakers form, uh, when he played against the Lakers that game, he got injured. I think we'll be just fine, and I think that moves the needle for Miami in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I, don't, I have no idea what he's gonna look like when he comes back. It's this is such a huge scale of like what Victor Oladipo could do. If he's look, if he looks like healthy Vic, then this team could go pretty damn far. If he's gonna come back and be kind of like sixty-ish percent of himself, I mean, it's an upgrade. He's still one of the better guards in the team, but I just don't know how big of an impact this sixty-ish to seventy percent Victor Oladipo has. It's. I, I just wish there was more transparency. I know he's he's one of the most mysterious NBA athletes over the last like ten years. Mm-hmm. Like as far as as far as what's wrong with him and what teams put out about him, that I feel like everybody's just throwing a veil over everything and not being nobody. I don't think anybody's ever been transparent, including him. Because uh, I mean, he's just he was posting on Instagram. Star. Uh, yeah, I, I know. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's these posting, little inspirational he's posting, quotes. He, he's posting. He's yeah. posting forty-five-year-old Karen memes on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, come on, Vic, go, go get with your physical trainer. Get off Instagram. Get your knee where you feel comfortable. <laughs> it's. It, 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 I think it's all in your head. Your knee is fine. There's no damage. They've had X-rays. You've had experts. They're like, bro, you're good. You got a little tweak. You got scared. Um, pick up your, you know what's, and and get back on the court and help the organization you've been dying to play for forever. Get into the playoffs and, and excel in the playoffs. Do your job, bro. Get a contract. You already screwed up with Houston by missing out on two years, forty-two milli. You're not going to get that again, buddy. So play your ass off and help your team, help your city that you're from, and help us go as far as we can in the playoffs and quit being a little. You know, whatever. <laughs> oh my God, that, 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 that's just, just I respect that so much. I mean, no. I've never I, heard I, that I, side I, of you, Jimmy. Jeez, that's I, a little I, animosity built up towards him, man. Because I've always liked him, but he's he, been holding he, that in forever, and no, he's just letting it out now. Yeah, it's just it's frustrating because it's on him. I know it's on him from people I've talked to, from other people. Like it's on him. It's not on anybody else. The doctors have cleared him. It's up to him. It's his contract year. It, it, it's up to him. It, 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 I mean, either either don't play and be broke and don't maybe <laughs> go 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 to a crap team and never make any money. But you're you already screwed stuff up. Uh, but I mean, I understand he's he, he passed it down with Houston because he wanted to come here. He didn't want to be in. He wants to be in Houston. That's the most poverty franchise stricken city in America, probably with the Texans and the Rockets. They're awful. And just get out of there. But he. You know, he got a little boo boo and he got scared, doesn't want to get hurt again, but you're not hurt, bro. Just it's mental. I pro- it's mental. I, it's I mental. It's mental. That, that's the thing that you said about transparency because we don't know, but it looks that way that deep it's Depot's choice. Because if Depot can play and he chooses not to, what do you think that tells Pat Riley when it comes to offseason time? He's like, this isn't a heat culture guy. Yeah, heat culture guy push through stuff like that. Joel won't let me say those words on the air, so I won't <laughs> comment on that. Uh, <laughs> I want to say, though, I mean, have any of you guys, like, maybe, like, because personally I've thought this, like, you look at the season and you've seen how much players go down because of injury. You know, have you thought that, like, perhaps maybe Miami hasn't, thought about playing Oladipo in these past few games because they're just simply wanting to put the bubble wrap on him and make sure that 
he doesn't, you know, get injured. Because remember, Miami did have a tough schedule earlier, having to play, what was it, eight games in 12 nights. And it's those type of schedules, like those type of stretches in the season where you could potentially end up getting injured, you know? So obviously you want to make sure that he's healthy and everything, but I also look at it from a standpoint where you just want to put the bubble wrap on Oladipo and make sure nothing bad happens, you know, sort of play it safe. Well, that stretch of saving him for Christmas. Yeah, (laughs) that that stretch of 12, eight games in 12 nights, it's over. Wake up, sunshine. It's time to go. No, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Either either poop or get off the pot. Like it's it's not it's not them saving him. That's why that we don't hear anything from the organization, the coaches or anybody. They're like, uh, we you know, blah blah blah, and keep giving BS you know responses and stuff because he's already been cleared through their medical doctors and everything to play. They can put him in whenever they want to. He is choosing not to play. That's what's going on. I promise. Promise you. Yeah, that's incredibly frustrating. Uh, You know, I mean, generally, I'm on the side of, like, I don't know. You know, like, I'm not in Victor Oladipo's body. I don't know how he's feeling. It's kind of, it kind of reminds me of, I mean, not exactly the same. The Kawhi thing was, like, way more in-depth. But it kind of is similar in the sense where it's, like, the player saying, like, hey, you know, I know my body. Something weird is going on. I don't want to risk it versus the team. The doctor saying, like, no, you're fine. And. You know, I'm not privy to those really intimate details about what he's thinking about how his own body is and what, like, the actual medical side is. And I definitely believe that the doctors think he's okay. Um, But from the outside looking in, it is a little bit frustrating. I do give him the benefit of the doubt. If he says that he wants to take it slow, hey, man, your body, you know, do whatever. I just think that he has to consider that, like you guys have been saying, like, it's going to be hard for the Heat to trust him in his body and want to give him a big contract you know if he's cool playing for the mid-level exception then cool i'm sure that he would love to have you back on really cheap money but you know i feel like if you are committed to the team and this is a place where you've been wanting to be and show out then yeah you probably should play if you can but you know again if you don't want to take that risk i get it but he can't really or he can't really complain about anything that might happen as a result of that it's, it's his future. It's it's up to him. It's his future. It's up to him. It's his future, money, contract, life on the line. So if he doesn't feel right, then yeah, like you said, we don't know what he's going. And then, I just yeah. it's so frustrating because we could have got Lowry. We could have got somebody else. Like I would have given yeah. give him Hero. I don't care, bro. He was doing nothing. I I don't care. Give him Hero. We could have had Lowry. Could have re-signed him for like a couple years, one year play or one year team option, second year. Had Lowry. He Lowry's a tank, got the biggest booty in the world. Nobody's hurting him. <laughs> Bounce him off his butt and score. You know, 20 points a game, get you 10 assists a game, help lead your team because he's a general. Like, no. I wish we had gone that route or Alonzo no. ball route. Yeah, I honestly. agree. Like, I, I feel like at a certain point, you know, I'm not sure if Victor thought this far ahead, but it's like, why wouldn't you just sit out the year with Houston? You know, if you if you are hurt and you want to make sure that you are a hundred percent, like just state like tell the heat through whatever bad channels, like, hey, I'm going to sit out the rest of the year to get my body right, and then I'm going to come to you guys in the off season. Like, cause that's essentially what this is. It feels like he's just gonna sit out until the off season, which he could have done, and then he could have made other moves to get closer to playoff contention, you know, and kind of go that route. But it seems that he wanted to get to Miami early to just sit out which is it's just weird to me it seems like a 
a little bit of a sloppy uh, arrangement. But yeah, you know, obviously, you know, if you're a Heat fan, you hope that Oladipo comes back soon, especially because, you know, I mean, first of all, if he is to come back, you want it to be during the regular season. You know, you don't want him to come back in the middle of the playoffs where it's kind of as if he's falling from the sky. Because at the end of the day, this isn't a guy who's been a member of the Heat his whole life. You know, like he's only played four games with us. So with that being said, you know, if he is to return this year, hopefully before the season ends. And, you know, one other player I want to quickly talk about, you know, who's also been injured. And it's kind of concerning considering his age is none other than Tyler Hero. How do you guys feel about that? His injuries? Yeah. Or just the player yeah. in general? Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know what's going on with this, but it's a similar thing where it's like, I'm not a doctor, so I can't say how badly he's injured. Um, if he's, if he's hurt, there's nothing you can do. Um, you know, in theory, he is for a team that really struggles on offense. I, I think that he could solve a lot of their issues, but and if you can't play, you can't play. So yeah. it's whatever. Ho- hopefully he gets healthy and comes back soon. Honestly, I didn't think his injury was as bad as it was, to be honest. But now seeing that he's been out for, what is it, like six, seven games now? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, but like considering the slump he's had, not saying he can't come out of that slump, of course, but he's at, he's been averaging like eight points per game, like the past three games that like the last time he's played. But like you said, Brian, for a team that struggles on offense, he can either help with that or make it even worse because if he doesn't get out of that slump soon, then he's not going to see much minutes off the bench during playoff time. Just being kind, realistic. Kind, kind of hard to come out of that slump when you've missed six games. Yeah, that's that too. So. True, and I, I'm not the I'm not the biggest Tyler Hero fan in the world, but I do think he's a good player, and he's a huge contribution off our bench when healthy. I believe he's gone through a lot this last year that a lot of people don't know about. Like I know he had COVID. I think his injury history this year has been a little bit more severe than has been put out. I think that he is a little bit more banged up than the organizations put out because he's a young kid. And he's hungry. Like that dude has heart. He wants to play. So it's it's complete opposite of like an Oladipo situation. If Tyler can play, Tyler's gonna want to play. That dude wants the ball. It's not like he does not want to play. So that makes me think the injury is a little bit more severe than it is because I know how Tyler's heart is and how his drive is and how competitive he is. And if he could be on the court, he would be on the court if it was up to him, I believe. I mean, I see how people say, oh, he's 21. He shouldn't be getting hurt like that. Da, 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 da. But if you look at him, he hasn't really developed an NBA body yet to play 70 games a season or 82 when when that goes back to normal. But this year, 72. He hasn't really developed that NBA body that could keep him healthy throughout a season. Mm. I mean, also, I think that just to your point, uh, Flash, like when people say like, oh, you're 21, you're 22, you shouldn't be like. 21 and 22 year olds get hurt all the time. Like we're still human beings, right? Like it's not impossible for a young person to get injured and have to be out for a while. You're playing an extremely like one of the most athletically challenging sports in the world, doing it in a really short time span, considering you had the full season last or nearly a full season last year. And then you had a really short off season this year. And then you're right back in it. You know, you're playing high minutes every night. You're expected to do a lot on offense. Like, it makes sense that a guy would get hurt in his position. 
So I don't know. I I also trust that Tyler Hero is a guy that wants to play. I don't think it's anything where he's milking an injury or whatever. Like if he if he can be out there, he will be out there. So it's just you got to uh, give him time. I, I, hey, Brian, I want to ask you something real quick because I know that you're you're very intellectual and really in depth and a lot of stuff. Do you I think try, that? You. The, well, you know, you, you're welcome, man. You're welcome. <laughs> Listen, do you think that like this is something that I've always thought about? Like people bash Hero all the time online. People bash him, bash him, bash him. He's a great player, but. Listen, his first year in the league was a shortened COVID season. Then he had a bubble playoffs. Then he has an immediate start to a next season. This is the most unorthodox two years in NBA history, and it's his first two years in the NBA. So we got to give him a break at some point because who else has gone through this besides the rookies that came out when he did? And he's one of the better players in that class that's kept consistent, kept steady, and it's 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 not it's not his fault. I I, I you know I'm not the biggest I'm not a high Tyler Hero stand. I'm not a fanboy. Uh, I like him as a player. I'm a big Jimmy big Jimmy guy. I uh, love Bam. Uh, but other than that, I, I just think everybody needs to give him a break. Yeah, I feel like part of it, and like I bash Tyler Hero a good amount. Partially partially because it's fun. Partially because of the Katia vaccine thing. <laughs> and he's like, you know, he just catches strays, bro. But uh. Yeah, I feel like part of it is because he Twitter is specifically has such high expectations for him. You know, when the James Harr and the Bradley Beal stuff came around, everyone was like, no, don't move Tyler for him. And it just kind of raises his, I guess, uh, persona to be this guy that's like the fran- – like, all- like he's not the franchise player. He's not the face of the Heat. But it almost kind of feels like it that sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I feel like – the reality of who Tyler Hero is and what kind of value, what kind of value he provides to an NBA team is different from the perception. Like I think that if you just view Tyler Hero as a six man who can come off of anybody's bench and provide instant offense and be really, really good in that role, provide some playmaking, provide some catch, um, catch and shoot shooting. I think you know he's, he'd be a fine player. Like I think he can be helpful on a team. I think that if you're looking at him as like a star player who's going to take you to the finals and win multiple championships or whatever, then it, it's a little, it's a little off. Right. Yeah. But I mean, to your point, yeah, he, he has had a really weird first two seasons and is in any normal two seasons. Would he be a better player? Maybe I think that's totally possible. I mean, I think that you do, he does deserve more time in a more normal setting to kind of get his bearings. Um, but again, I think that if we just kind of keep the expectations more realistic then even, even without these weird two seasons, he still looks like a fine player. Um, you know, just if, if he keeps that like Lou will role, he'll be fine. He'll be all right. And he's going to improve over time. He's only 21, but you know, it's just, it's just that we have to be willing to give him that time to, to grow. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah that, we got to keep, we got, Oh, go, I, let me let me throw in one thing real quick just before I forget. Go we we got to keep that in mind with Precious and KZ too. They could yeah. be, they could be spending time with Sioux Falls in developing. So, why, but th- there's no Sioux Falls because of COVID. So I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah, you know, I mean everybody knows that, but we got to give we got to give everybody a break because this is an unorthodox last couple of years. So absolutely. Yeah, the precious. Just to touch on that precious thing you just mentioned, um, because we're pretty sure this season, if everything was normal, Pre- precious would have spent at least like half a season in, in Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. That's like almost a given because I, he just doesn't the way he's been playing the way. He's been producing, doesn't look like a type of guy that Spo keeps on the main roster the entire season. A rookie that you keep on the main roster the entire season. Um, back to Tyler, I think 
that 37-point game in the Eastern Conference Finals didn't do him any favors to to heat Twitter fans because the expectations just went through the roof. And he certainly didn't help himself with that little snarl in the NBA Finals. So he just partly just he's unfairly getting expectations because of that huge game in the Eastern Conference Finals. But, yeah, he also isn't doing himself any favors with that little snarl. He's he's doing him favors for his bank account. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) All those endorsement deals. But I also think that part of it is the Heat's fault a little bit because, remember, they came out and they told the guy, hey, we think you can be better than Devin Booker. They leaked that to the media. So now everybody's thinking, like, damn, we got a guy who's picked at the same spot as Devin Booker that that went to the same school who knows the guy who says that he models his game after Devin Booker can now be better than Devin Booker. So now it's this whole like, whoa, we really got a player on our hands. Cause you look at, <laughs> you do look at Booker and you're like, damn. So I don't know. Part of it is I think that the Heat themselves need to kind of chill out on their expectations and what they sell to the fans and just kind of until he shows that, you know, let's all just keep everything in perspective give him the regular ass expectations and then go from there. If he exceeds them, great. If it doesn't also fine, you move on. But I typically like the motto of under promise and over deliver. And I think that right now for Tyler, it's kind of been the opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You like know, if you're you the heat, that. you need, to market, you need to market your stars more. You need to sell your right. stars. Don't sell your, your rookies. Cause you don't know what to expect. From them. Market your stars more market bam more. Barkett, Absolutely. Jimmy. Jimmy's the best player on the team. And somehow Tyler Hero is the most marketed player on the team. He he sells the most jerseys. So it's odd. Just market your stars more. Don't put don't put unnecessary pressure on these rookies. You and then the problem is with that, it's that ever since last season, after he dropped his 37 points against Boston, his expectations have skyrocketed and people hold this like hold this ultimate like I don't even know the word for it, but they just hold him to such a high like prestige of greatness and they think he's the be all end all for our team when he's really not he could be traded for an all-star player or just another great player like that you know what i mean it's just like they hold they hold too high of a standard for him that's what i was gonna say they like they expect him to do so much being 21 years old his second year in the he let alone the nba you know that's not an easy task to accomplish what he did last season and the fact that they think he can do it again like it's nothing is nothing like it's no they think it's some easy task when it's not. It's just too, like too shy, Angie. Too and, <laughs> and and then the problem is also again, I think I mean there was a report recently from Ethan and Ira that the Heat were becoming a little bit fed up with Tyler Hero's own perception of his celebrity status. And on one hand, like I don't really blame him. Like he's a he's a guy in his early twenties who's been getting you know, all this praise from the fans, his own team, you know. Do you think he's tired of it personally? Like, do you think Tyler's the, tired of the, it? The, the, the no, Miami he's a Heat, 20-year-old. The Miami Heat complained about that, but they were the one who gave it to him. They were the yeah, ones they, 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 they created it. Like, they created I'm, it. Like, like, yeah. like, like I'm Baby 23, goat, and if someone, if someone gave me a multi-million dollar contract, and, you know, it's not like they could pay him any less than that, but if someone gave me a multi-million <laughs> contract, and every day I was hearing that I'm the shit, and I'm going to be this, and I'm going to be that, like, yeah, it would get to your head. Like he, he's a like he's still a kid relative to like most adults. And he just any, he just any passed kid, the legal drinking age. Well, that's like, what I'm saying. Four so, months so, ago. 
it, it's really not a shock that he that his head would get kind of big and kind of and he would kind of feel himself a little bit. Like that's just that's what happens if you give that kind of power to a twenty year old guy. Like it just makes sense, right? And so thing you have nobody to blame but yourself. Like, Right, exactly. Like I just I don't blame Tyler for that. Like any other person his age in his position would probably be feeling the same way. And 100%. like this is just this just isn't with Tyler. It's with all, it's all with all players, you know, like like say you are having a recent slump like Tyler here or like Robinson did before the trade deadline. You see all the things that people are saying on the internet and that gets to your head and then that like that either motivates you to do better or you just like you take it to heart and think, you know what, maybe I'm not good enough. I'm just going to stop trying. Or you really do try your hardest and then it just backfires and yeah. does a whole 180. I what some of y'all be saying about Duncan. I, I forget. Mm-hmm. I didn't say nothing bad about I, I never, I never slandered Duncan. I, I like Duncan. I, I love like Duncan. Duncan. Miami runs on Duncan. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't never, I never, you never hear no Duncan slander over here. That's, that's, yeah. the, that's the man. <laughs> Oh, people get mad at Duncan hey, when he you know gets slumps, and it's like shooter slump all the time. People yeah. are chilling, Duncan. You know That's what? I, I, I said I was going to come onto this podcast with the intention of pissing off some of the Heat Twitter, and this is what I'm going to do. You're going to pay Duncan Robinson. I'm sick of everybody saying That's no. That's not going to piss nobody off. Yeah, literally. Look at the Heat versus look at the Heat versus the World chat. This is a straight call out. I'm sorry, but call him out. They don't want to pay Duncan. They do not. They want to pay him. Well then, get out, get out of the chat. Then Duncan is, his money. is a massive part of the offense. What, what are the, what would they do? The like, offense wouldn't run without him. Yeah, bro. how, how would they replace that shooting with who? Impossible. I mean, Kendrick yeah, Nunn is pretty good from three, no, but yeah, that's yeah, not replacing yeah, Duncan. No, that's no, not replacing yeah. Duncan. No, no one's replacing this, Duncan. I mean, every, this, a point that was made in this in a, one of the spaces that we had the other day was, well, the Heat could get a shooter. To replace him because shooters aren't hard to come by, and the Heat historic, and then his the Heat historically have not paid shooters. Well, the Heat have not had a shooter like Duncan Robinson ever. I mean, Mike Miller. Amen. No, Um, no. Mike Miller was that big of a. Mike Miller was great, but. He was great. No, but he, he wasn't. He wasn't a focal point in the Heat offense, like Duncan. Yeah, they, they they don't game plan for Miller. They game plan for Duncan. Like, yeah. but Miller was great, and he's also tall and has a good release and a great shot. So you're right on that. But but Miller was also just a role player. Duncan's Duncan's more a focal point of the whole offense and how our offense runs and everything else that we do through our offense is because of Duncan because how they put so much effort into guarding him. It opens up stuff for everybody else. We haven't had a three point shooter like that ever. No Ellington, mm-hmm. no Capono, no, you can keep going back and back and back. No, there's not anybody. Listen, like that. Mike Miller to me, I've always said this. He's my favorite shooter in Miami history, but he said, but he was, he was 30. He was like 35, 36 at the time he joined. He wasn't a focal point. He was a complimentary piece to LeBron. That, that's it. Because, but, Duncan actually the offense runs through him. The reason they do so many dribble handoffs is because Duncan can shoot the lights out of that ball. Mm-hmm. And everybody's I mean, scared of him. I mean, realistically speaking, what other t- what other player has reached 500 threes faster than Duncan Robinson? Nobody. He's the first to do it. That's that's just. Shows uh, I know. I, I know. Curry just popped off 300 in a season, but not 500 in the fastest though. So Duncan. Yeah, there's the there's no way you. There's no way you but, have a, histor- a historically good shooter, not just, just a good shooter, a historically, historically good shooter, and then you say, team. no, no, I don't want to pay, pay him because nah, he's not worth it. Yeah, no way. Isn't Duncan, he like the first Heat player to make 
like 200 season threes like twice in a in a row or something like that oh, or just yeah, twice yeah. overall yeah he's done that twice yeah but he he's also the third second or third best shooter in the nba i mean whatever you want to think i mean if they're healthy or unhealthy besides the two warriors so look, look at the list of the the most made threes in this season it's steph curry it's buddy healed and it's damian lillard you're telling me duncan robinson is in company with damian lillard and steph curry come on I mean, well, also just the fact as far that, as shooting. like, if if they didn't, if they don't pay Duncan and they let him walk, that would be a horrible look. Considering they could have moved him in the at the trade deadline and got some really valuable. Like, you don't lose out on that, whether you keep him or trade him. Like, they're, you don't lose obviously, out on they're obviously they're obviously going to pay him if they didn't put him in these pieces. No, they're, they're right. going he, to pay. They're going he's to an, pay him, he's but, an he's an untouchable that they didn't make an untouchable in public just so they could use him in bait just to see gauge the other team what what their stance was. I believe. Right. Like, I don't think many people are saying don't pay him, period, and just let him walk. They're saying pay him so you can trade him. Nobody, like, the people I've talked to in the Heat versus the World chat and other chats are like, pay him so you can trade him. We don't want to keep him on this team. And that's no. stupid to me. I mean, I would trade him depending he, on who you get. I mean, I mean yeah, but, but even if, if you're you talking Bradley Bill, we can talk. Yeah, yeah, even, I mean, yeah if, but like even, star, if, yeah. even if we, even if we pay him, we still get to keep him and then have if we ever decide to have an opportunity for a bill or a Lillard or a something in the future and he is a part of it, at least he'll have the contract to match. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like you keep him and either he plays for you and he's, yeah. he's part of your offense or you trade him to a team who wants a but, great but shooter. He'll have, but, but he'll have the contract then. Yeah, I mean that too. Like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it just makes all the sense in the world to pay him. Like, you, yeah. you have to. You have you're gonna, have you're to. gonna get, you're gonna get, get an asset either way. You're gonna get a valuable piece either way. A, a, a huge valuable contributor to your team, which you've been uh, so far for the time he's played with us. Or if you, he you falls off, or if your offense changes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. But th listen, if he falls off, or our team, the dynamic changes or whatever, you still have that big contract that you can use to bring in a, another big piece. Yeah. You and like I said, you only trade him for a perennial All Star. Mm -hmm. You you're not you're not trading him for example Tim Hardaway so Jr. or some dumb I, stuff like that. I think I think Duncan has more trade value than Hero. I don't know why everybody's all on Hero. Duncan's the more valuable player by far. I think. In right now, yeah, yeah. If if I'm building yeah. a team, if I'm trying to win a championship, I'd want Duncan. Andy, yeah, Andy's, Andy's learning how to play defense and get to the rim, back cut, cut back to the rim, get the get the drip, you know the the the. Laser passes the rim, lay him up. Uh, he, he he's doing good. Like he's he's playing. Do you really know well. what teams? Do you know what teams like the Lakers, Clippers, Nets would do for somebody like Duncan Robinson? Oh yeah, yeah. They murder for somebody like him. They they'd sell they'd sell their soul. Exactly. Like, do you know what LeBron would would do to have a shooter like that next to him? Yeah, anything. And Duncan Robinson have... creating space for AD and LeBron. That'd be perfect. Jesus Christ, that would be scary. Maybe. Ah, God damn it. God and it would be my it. worst nightmare. That would be so scary. Yeah, yeah. we gotta keep we have to keep Duncan. That's this this might be Joel, you might need to, to title this the Duncan Robinson Appreciation Podcast. Maybe everybody will be quiet. We do that, appreciate it some Duncan Robinson. Yeah, I, or I maybe don't, I, Duncan can listen to this and think, hey shit, man, maybe I can hop on these cats' podcasts. I oh, mean, he no, he will listen. listen <laughs> to, uh, no, no, what's up, Duncan? No, he he probably will. He probably will. <laughs> what's his, up, Duncan? <laughs> his Duncan podcast has an open invitation. He knows this. He does. No, his podcast is great. Let's all just message him after this and be like, look, Duncan, we love you. We did a segment on you today. We're with you were with five reasons. Tag him and his pod. 
All Come on, right. we just had we just had a two-time all-star. Let's go, Duncan. Jump on. <laughs> not all-star champion. Yeah, yeah, champion. All-star champion. And, but yeah, but anyways, you know, but yeah, Duncan Robinson, he's definitely turned into a bit of an unsung hero for the Heat. Sometimes people really forget how valuable he really is. You know, so whatever happens with him moving forward, you know, you just gotta continue being grateful for the type of player he is. Fastest player in NBA history to make 500 threes, you know. You can't say much about that. But, you know, um, with that being said, moving forward, let's talk about this upcoming game against the Timberwolves, led by superstar center Nas Reed. How do we feel about this game? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's completely random because that's how the Heat play. Who knows? They could beat... They could beat the 96 Bulls or they could lose to a high school team on any given day. They could lose to so. 2012 Bobcats. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Like, it, I don't I don't know. They could. They could. Uh, they I, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I, 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 Adam Morrison would have dropped 50 on us. Yeah, like, stash. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say that they're going to win just because I feel like since they lost this game, people are kind of down on them, and I feel like, even though they should be expected to win, now the expectation's kind of like meh, and this team goes against expectations. So, like a little bit of reverse psychology, are they going to win the game? And, and you know what? Win. That's four years. Brian, yeah. Brian, Brian, we're talking about the Timberwolves here. They just beat us for God knows what reason, and we know that. And now they are going to be on our home court. We are going to no, beat Jimmy, them by we 30. We're going to beat them by 30 points. We haven't beat them in four years. I know exactly. we have we haven't had an NBA player on our podcast except Norris Cole. <laughs> hey, listen, listen here. The Heat are going to beat the Timberwolves by thirty points, twenty-five to thirty points. Mark Jimmy Butler is going to Jimmy Butler is going to play. Jimmy's going to play. Who knows if anybody else is going to be healthy? Iggy will play. Watch Maybe, all the Depot pop out tomorrow. I mean, on yeah, Friday. watch all the yeah, watch all the pop out or hero. I feel pop like, out I feel like one of Jimmy's these days. Playing. I feel like one of these days we're just going to see a random tweet come out of nowhere, Oladipo questionable instead of out. Yep, bro. And yep. everybody's going to lose their shit. <laughs> he anyway, really is a big deal, You know deal, what my man. answer is? I have no idea what to expect from this team anymore, considering the amounts of games we've lost and won. You know, we beat the Nets, lost to the Timberwolves the game prior, went on a three-game win streak, lost to an extremely unhealthy Atlanta team, which we should have beat. But, you know, I we're have no baller. idea what to expect. Exactly. We're, we're questionable. The entire team's questionable. Bipolar. So well, we just need it. We just, inconsistent. Exactly. Exactly. If exactly. we had a full health, if we had a full healthy team, I think we would be really no COVID. Good. We would be no at COVID. Least fourth yeah. Yeah. Easy. Like maybe even but, third. Yeah. Shit. I just I just think if we had a full healthy team, which maybe maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe we're looking too far into this. Maybe all these rest of all these main players is. Just because we know Purposeful. we're going to be in the play, yeah, maybe you never know. Because resting Jimmy that game is going to get him three days rest instead of you, you know he's going to have an or more more than that, but uh, more days than he would have had. And like also with here other people, maybe we're just knowing that we're in a middle ground, we're in a good spot, but we do playoff seeding does matter because like we were talking before, we do do not, uh, four or five. We have to be able to get in the four or five. So maybe they have some sort of crazy game plan where they're going to put these people in if they need them, if they don't, who knows. But it just seems like they're gearing up for the playoffs and a run of some sort, but I just don't know how it's going to, how far it's going to go with the roster we have right now. 
Yeah, don't. By the way, it, it, the Minnesota games just seem, seem so obvious to me that it, it looks like a Goran Dragic rest game. So don't be surprised if he's out. It just feels like it to me. Like I feel like Goran's just gonna have a rest day for some reason. Good. Yeah. Right. Good. Yeah, I like it. Good. Keep rest the man healthy because he's still capable. Let's hope of Anthony going Edwards doesn't drop a forty-point triple double on this on Friday. Uh, he will. Let, let's hope Jimmy Butler's back and Kendrick Nunn plays like regular. Kendrick I can't Nunn wait. When, to, he ha- when, think, when, he, um, when he has his security blanket, like Jimmy you think Butler's Bam will be guarding Carl Anthony Towns or someone else? He will Damn. until they switch, and then Carl Anthony Towns is going to have anybody smaller than he's going to have Kendrick Nunn on him. Yeah. yeah. Bro. Bro. <laughs> He's gonna throw a two piece. If Bam doesn't fact the guard cat, I cannot Lincoln wait to Robinson. see the clamps he puts on that man. Jeez. Yeah, he will a little bit. Right, let's let's throw Deadman at him too. Deadman's played Bro, great. On Deadman both is those. scary. Deadman is He's like great. What a yeah. great pickup. Hey, I know, yeah, right? Bo- bo- boogie, Notice how bo- we have never boogie, lost drum, the season boogie, with trades. Drummond, boogie, Drummond, this and that, um, and uh, Aldridge. No, Deadman is by far. The, the the better player, yep. He's the best big man pickup from from the buyout market. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah, we did good, great. I, I really, I really, really like him, like a lot. Like I really like that dude. His hustle and his work ethic and how he just comes in and he's all business. He should wear a suit while he plays basketball. That a tuxedo, wow. A tux- yeah, he should. A vice colored tuxedo. tuxedo. Shoot. Should. I said I yep. went to say shoot and sheesh, and I said shoosh. Okay, that's a new word. <laughs> Angie, my Angie moment. No, that's just a that's a new inside joke. No, I, I already I already have my notes taken in two min in twenty minutes twenty seconds of this podcast. Bro, it's like a I'm it's go like back a box there, score there for is you. An Angie write moment. down stats, bro. Uh, will, will yeah, you, yeah. Uh, cl- I'm coming back you, to that clip. Will, will you capture that and share that, please? Yeah, Anthony Cole, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, anyways. So with that being said, it looks like it's time to close it out. Do you guys have anything else you want to say before we end it? Go heat. Yeah, Jim go Pinky. heat. Don't overreact, people. We're fine. <laughs> I think we'll be fine at the end of it. We'll be fine. We'll we'll at least we'll at least get past the first or second round. But you know, who knows? We never know. Anything can happen. You never know. Last year we didn't expect it either. So. Just be optimistic and trust, trust, trust in the organization. I think they probably know a little bit more than we do. So if nobody's that, got me, we know Jimmy Butler got me. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 So with that said, uh, let's see what happens next for Miami with these six games coming up. And, you know, just got to pray. So with that being said, thank you for listening to this episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Heat vs. The World underscore. And we'll see you guys next time with a brand new episode. We out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. The World podcast.